Please turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Remember again that we are doing a series called The High Calling of God. And I know it's not the typical thing you would expect with a title like that, the subjects that we are dealing with. Because, you know, when I went to Bible college, yes, I did. All right, go to Bible college. Um, <laughs> you know, this sort of title, the messages that followed were all about the high calling of God in the ministry. And, you know, all the amazing things that, you know, we all should be doing. And that, that is included, don't get me wrong. But that's not all there is to this. And, you know, when the Lord started speaking to me about this, He said that, you know, this high calling, it's a higher life. We are meant to be living a higher life than everything around us. Amen? Jesus Christ died so that we could live this high life. And it's not a high life where we look down our noses at everybody. (laughs) Okay? It's a life that allows us to pick others up and help others. You know, at at one point in time, I, I actually, believe it or not, I actually felt guilty for being so blessed. I actually felt guilty for not having a care. Not that I was careless, and not that I didn't care about people, but I didn't have the weight over me. You know, and, and that, that sort of a weight you know, that people carry around with them all, all their lives. And I, I sort of, <laughs> I, was, I was feeling a little bit bad, and I said, God, you know, I, how can I sympathize and empathize and all that sort of stuff? He said, that's not your job. He said, your job is to grab him and pull him up. He said, if you're down there with them, then both of you are just in a mess. <laughs> Amen. He said, I'm giving you something to put into people so that you can lift them up. Because that's where they belong. Did you hear me? That's where you belong. You belong in this place above all the principalities and powers and rulers and everything else. Not under them. Hallelujah. So... We, <laughs> we're basing this on Philippians chapter 3. Let me get through my foundation scripture, then get on to the next foundation scripture for this particular part. The Apostle Paul says again in Philippians 3, I just want to read some selected parts from it. Verse 13, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call or the high calling of God in Christ. So I want you to notice this requires you to do something. It requires you to let go of all the things that are behind you. All the things that would try to hold you down or bring you down or, you know, weigh you down in any way or form and stop you from moving forward. Did you all get that? You've got to let those things go, family. The the simplest thing you can do is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want you to hear the words, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you understand that means there's nothing left that the enemy can point to and say, aha, (laughs) okay? Do you deserve it? No. But we got it anyway. Hallelujah. This isn't about what you deserve. And see, this is the thing. It's not our righteousness. It's His righteousness. We really need to get a revelation of that family. It's His righteousness. Amen? And because, of it, because it is His righteousness, we stand sinless before God. I think that is incredible. Don't ever go to God as a you know, forgiven sinner. Go to God as one that has been washed by the blood and now stands perfect in His sight. Amen? Because that's the price that was paid. 
It was a huge price. Amen. So let's move on to our next foundational. And this, this is for this part of the series. And that is Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. I have to watch my time. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, be anxious. This is the Apostle Paul, by the way, writing. He says, be anxious for nothing. The Amplified Bible says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Oh, wow, we could just stop there. Stop fretting. <laughs> okay? Don't have anxiety about anything. All right? And he says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, we're going to look at that today. I said I'd give you the answer today. All right? It says, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And then the peace of God, verse 7, which passes or surpasses all understanding, it is not a peace that makes sense. This isn't one of those peace, pieces, peace, peace. <laughs> This is not a peace. There we go. That works. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is not a peace that comes because everything is going well. This is a peace that comes in spite of the <laughs> horrors that you might be facing, the storm you might be in, all the problems that are coming your way, and you got a peace. And people think, do they know what's going on? Have they any idea what's happening? Yeah, they know whose they are. Amen. This isn't about how big the problem is compared to me. This is how big is the problem compared to God. Amen. There's no contest there. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Okay, anyway. More on that in a minute. <laughs> so he says again, verse 7, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now remember again that we talked about the fact that you know, there is such a thing as kindly concern. Amen? And we do that. We have that. Hallelujah. But the meaning here, remember again, is to be unduly concerned about or to be filled with anxiety or to worry. Amen? Are you with me? And that's the reason why we went and looked at uh, Matthew chapter 6. I just want to quickly run through this because I know, I know not everybody was here last week. So allow me to do this very quickly. Remember again in Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34, Jesus says, Do not worry saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knows. He knows that you have need of all these things. Do you know that? <laughs> you know, so the way we live, sometimes, you know, I, I look at that and think, I don't think you know that. I don't think you know that God knows. Because some of us pray, God, do you know? And he goes, go read verse 32. Matthew chapter 6, I know. I, in fact, I know more than you. I knew before it came. I was trying to warn you, but you weren't listening because you were too busy that day. Never mind. All right. So, <laughs> but he says, verse 33, sorry for pulling a file. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. He says, don't worry about today, don't worry about tomorrow. Okay, he says, for tomorrow we'll worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So we see again that Jesus says you've got to learn not to worry because God knows. Not because you should be careless, not because you should let things go, not because, you know, um, you're not being responsible. Okay, don't become irresponsible. This is not about that. This is about knowing 
there's somebody bigger than you and allowing him to do what he wants to do. We'll get to that today as well. All right, so from here we went to Luke chapter 12, verses 20 through, uh, 22 through 28. I want to read these again very quickly and show you something uh, more than I did last week. He says, therefore I say unto you, do not worry about your life. So here again, Jesus is saying, I want you to see Jesus standing in front of you. Could you do that right now? Just see him standing in front of you. And if he was talking to you, not me, I want you to see Jesus standing in front of you. And he looks at you and he says, therefore, do not worry. You know, that in itself will be enough. How does that come? Through prayer. We'll see how that works. All right, so he says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what, we, what you will put on. Remember again, verse 31 of Matthew chapter 6 said, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? Watch now, he says in Luke 12, 23 and 24, he says, Life is more than food, body is more than clothing. Clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither store nor barn, and God feeds them. What shall we eat? Remember that? And saying, listen, God feeds. If God's going to feed them, and remember, Jesus is doing something brilliant here. He's going to use two different things. He's going to use something that you look up to, and remember that God feeds them. And then you're going to look down and see how God clothes. What shall we wear? Okay? And so he says, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn. I said this before, they don't have savings accounts. Okay? And God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to, to his stature? If then you are not able to do the least, why are you anxious, 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 anxious for the rest? Verse 27, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. So if you're looking down now, okay, he says, neither, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, what shall we wear? Are you seeing this? God feeds the birds, he clothes the grass. Where's the problem? Again, he says, if then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will he clothe you? I want you to hear the words, how much more? How much more? How much more? I want those words to just resonate. Every time a problem comes up, I want you to hear the words, how much more? Will he want to help you? How much more does he want to bless you? How much more does he want to wrap his arms around you when you've got a problem? How much more? If he's looking after all of them, how much more will he do for you? And then he goes on to identify the problem. He says, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? See, that's our problem. We, now we're into today, okay? <laughs> that was a quick overview. See, one of the problems is we just need to trust God. First Peter chapter 5, Peter heard these words and he writes this in verses 6 and 7. He says, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. I think that is so significant for Peter because Peter is the one that says, I can fix this. Give me five minutes, I'll get it done. Okay, Peter is one of those go do it kind of guys. You know, he'd work well for the Nike ad, do it now. 
Yeah, that's the one, okay, <laughs> all right? So this is Pete, who is always self-sufficient, who's always opening his mouth, who's always got his foot in it. You know, he's always saying something. And he says something incredible, and he says, listen, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. You see, don't try to put yourself up and don't try to say, I can take care of this. I did it my way. You know why I'm not singing, right? Anyway, so <laughs> that's what we have, praise and worship. Okay, because I get up here, nobody will come to church. Anyway, but okay, the thing is, I want you to notice that people love to do this. You know, they want to do it themselves because they want to say, I did it myself. I did this. It's, it's, it's a badge of pride. And Pete was... Pete loved that, except he learned. The Apostle Peter one day realized, hang on a second, there is a God that is bigger than all the problems I could ever face, and he wants to do things for me. He loves me. The Apostle John got the revelation. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, remember? He said, behold, what manner of love is this? That we should be called the children of God. Wow. That God has adopted us into his family. He is looking after us now as his children. Amen? We get that revelation and you become like him. Unkillable, you know? Amen. Because you just go, no, no, no. Somebody want to kill you? Go, no, thank you. <laughs> we, I'll get you there. I'll get you there. Give me a minute. All right, so... <laughs> he, <laughs> he says again, therefore humble yourselves unto the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, casting all your care. I love the Amplified Bible. It says all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, all of them. Well, I'll just hang on to, don't, why, why, why are you hanging on to any of them? Why do we do that? Can I just uh, stop for a second? Why do we do stuff like that? Why do we hang on to a little bit? Do we need to feel important or something? What is it? Do you want to win or feel important going down? I, I like to win, thank you. Amen. Okay. You notice he says, again, casting all your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all of your worries, all your concern, once and for all, I love that, upon him, for he cares for you. And he goes on to say, and this is what the, the original text says, affectionately. He cares for you affectionately. He doesn't just care for you and go, oh, you're one of my offspring, I have to look after you, because, you know, there's a government will come and take you away or something. I don't know, whatever. Okay? <laughs> okay? It, it, it's not like that. You might be like, don't be like that. But, you know, that's not how God is. He cares for you affectionately, which means... <laughs> I, I, and he goes on to say, and cares about you watchfully. You know, this reminds me of something. I was, I was looking at this, and I was thinking of the time when... Now, this is a little pathetic, okay? Uh, don't throw rocks at me. Uh, I was thinking about the time when, you know, I first took Sarah to uh, school. You know, I had separation issues. 
I don't know about her, I just had separation issues. So I, you know, I, I went, I dropped her off, and I was thinking, is she okay? And so I was hanging around like one of those weirdos, you know, around the classroom at the window, and I've been looking in, because they said, now you go home. I said, no, you know, I can stay a little bit longer. No, 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 go home, go home. It's good for him. I don't know how good that is. You know, <laughs> you know how we are. All right, and it's just, I, I was... <laughs> I was hanging around, I'm, I'm thinking about her, I'm, I'm just looking and just thinking, if anything goes wrong, I'm going in there. I don't care if it's the school, I don't care if it's a teacher, I don't care, whatever. I am going in there, that is my kid. I made that. You can't have it. You can't mess that up. Okay. I am very protective. For he is a jealous God. No, anyway, okay. That's what it means, he loves you so much, he doesn't want anybody to mess you up. All right? It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And so I just remembered that. I just remembered that I was there. Any t- I just remember at one point she started to cry a little bit. I was heading for the door. And then the teacher was, it was a very good teacher, settled her and got her playing. And thought, just for the moment, you've got a reprieve. Let's see how you did. <laughs> okay. No, you know where I'm coming from, right? But, you know, God reminded me of, uh, I got over that, by the way. Uh, but <laughs> um, God reminded me of that. And he said, that's my heart. That's what I'm doing. I'm always there watching over you. Affectionately, I'm looking out for you. The littlest thing goes wrong, I'm there. The worst thing you can do to me is say to me, where are you? Because I never left you. I had to leave Sarah, but God never leaves you. Amen. That's why I said, I never leave you. I'll never forsake you. These are the things you need to know not to be anxious. These are the things you need to know to live a worry-free life, a care-free life. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's continue. Back to Philippians 4.6. I want to show you something now. He says again, Be anxious for nothing. Remember, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. About anything. But, here we go, in not being anxious, notice it says anxious for nothing, but in everything, there's the flip. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Okay? So be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Now here's the solution. By prayer and supplication... And with thanksgiving, we'll get back to that in a minute. But I want you to notice it says, in everything by prayer and supplication. Do you know something? Let me tell you something about you. When you run into a problem, your mouth begins. No, no, you, this is how you're designed, by the way. You are designed to say something. Okay? The problem is where you say it. <laughs> okay? The problem is what you're saying. The problem is the mouth is just going off. And you don't know that Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Watch what you say. You know, a lot of people's mouth is killing them. Seriously, okay? It's blessing and cursing. They're all in your mouth. Are you a friend to yourself or are you your own worst enemy? Some people, I hear their mouth and I think, wow, you and your mouth need to get a divorce. <laughs> it's killing you. You need another mouth, man. <laughs> okay? But notice what happens. When you're anxious, you need to speak. And the, the Apostle Paul is saying, talk to God. Yeah. 
It is there for a reason. You're not meant to keep it in. That's where the psychiatrists come in. Do you know that's not where you're meant to go? You're meant to go to God. All they'll do is teach you how to manage things. God will fix it. Do you hear that? Do you know? That's the difference. And so that, <laughs> that's why he says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, notice he says, by prayer and supplication, he says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Let your requests be known to God. Whatever problem you're facing, go to him and let him know, this is the problem I'm facing. Does he already know about it? Absolutely. Well, why do I need to tell him? Because you need to acknowledge his presence and his hand in this problem now. That he is actually doing something. This is for us. This is not for him. But it allows him to get involved in our affairs because whether people like it or not, your will is sovereign. Oh, brother, but God is even more sovereign. No, uh, if he was more sovereign than your will, he would make you get saved and he would send you to heaven. Right, you know, whether you like it or not, because his kid died. You better get saved. But he doesn't do that. He still gives you a choice. Do you know that's what sends people to hell? Rejecting what he's done? Trying to work for it themselves? That's, don't do that. All right. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Let's go there quickly. I want to talk about prayer. Since we find out, since we now know that prayer is the answer to anxiety, to worry, to all the problems you're having because your mouth wants to say something, let's go see what your mouth needs to be saying. Okay. <laughs> Matthew, uh, yeah, excuse me, Mark, chapter 11, verse 24. Jesus says, therefore I say to you, what thing soever you desire, forget about it, you're not getting it. Because it's not a need. Because that's right, that's, that's right, that's a religious stand on it. If you don't need it, forget about it. It's not what it says. Excuse me, Pastor, this is not in the Bible. No, it's not. But it's in everybody's Bible in their head. <laughs> but it's not in this Bible. This Bible says something else. He says, therefore I send, say unto you, what thing, what thing soever you desire, whatever problem you're facing, whatever solution you need, whatever you need God to intervene in, whatever provision you need, whatever protection you need, whatever healing you need, whatever peace you need, whatever joy you need, I could keep going down the list. Whatever you need, whatever you need, he says, listen, when you pray... Don't go, let's see what happens. Because that's the other thing we do. Okay, the priest said to pray. Okay, so I'm here, you know. So here it is, I probably won't do anything. Probably won't get nothing. Probably wasted my time. You just did. Why did you even bother starting? Don't do that. Don't do that after I tell you this. Okay, <laughs> all right. He says, what's the next word after when you pray? He says, when you pray, believe. When you pray, Believe. Believe what? Just believe. Oh, I get it. Mm, I'm believing. I don't know how, how much more of this believing you have to do. No, it didn't stop there. <laughs> okay. Believing is not a mindless thing. Watch what he says. He says, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you just might get it. Maybe, maybe, who knows? 
You know, I done prayed for something in 1953. And it, no, <laughs> we don't need you right now. Thank you. You obviously didn't believe. <laughs> okay? Listen, <laughs> if it ain't working, go check, see what happened. All right? Something, something happened on your end, not on God's end. Let me say that again. Something happened on your end, not on God's end. Find out where, on your end what, what happened. Because a lot of times we mess up in our confession and our conversation. I pray for you. I believe I receive. In Jesus' name, amen. And you go out and go, somebody says, oh, how are you? I don't know. Not really that great. Possibly for healing? Yeah, but you know, it still hurts. Do you want to see it? There's a fantastic scar. <laughs> okay. You know, we, we just love to parade our stuff around. It never said we walk by sight and not by faith. It said we walk by faith and not by sight. Let's get back to this. So remember again, the solution is be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer. How do you pray? Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. When you pray, this is what you do. You believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So, I know the question is out there. Oh, does that just mean I just got to believe? Can't everybody just believe? Hang on, wait, wait, wait. Here's the difference. People that are without God that are believing. Now, there is something called the faith of God, but we're not talking about it today. We're talking about faith in God, okay? People that just believe... Apart from God, they're at the devil's mercy. Because Colossians tells us that there is a kingdom of darkness and there is a power of darkness. It has power. But you have more power. And the God you serve is so much greater. So when you get saved and brought into his family, you are in a place of power. Now... People that just say, well, I tried to believe and that didn't happen because they're disconnected from God. What your believing does is this. Are you ready for this? Why should I believe? When I've got a problem and, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to work out, why should I believe? Because believe, your believing opens the door for God to get involved. You believe that you receive them. Can I add a couple of words in there from God? Because you've got to believe you receive it from somewhere. Where are you getting it from? You know, when you <laughs> pay for something online, we all know how to shop online now, don't we? After the pandemic, everybody knows how to shop online. So, <laughs> mostly anyway. Okay. Uh, you know, once you, you've got to actually go somewhere, pay for something, and then know that they're going to send it to you. You don't just go online and go, well, now... I'm just going to send some money off into the ether and somewhere, somehow, something will appear on the door. Now, we do get packages that don't belong to us. <laughs> I won't say whose they are. But anyway, <laughs> okay? But, you know, that's not how it works. When you order something, you go very specifically to what you want. You ask them for what you want. You pay for what you want. And then you expect delivery. And if it takes too long, you call him up. You don't go, oh, well, maybe it wasn't God's will for me to have that. No, you go, that's my money. Give me my money back. <laughs> and give me the stuff. You know. why, why are we so flippant about God? When Jesus said this, he, God said to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them because God can be trusted. 
and you shall have him. It's not a maybe or a might, you shall have him. So understand something, the moment that you pray, the moment that you believe, the moment that you receive, it got dispatched. God didn't have any problems with the uh, COVID kind of, what, what do you call it, um, transportation problems. The angel won't go, I'm sorry, there was a COVID roadblock up the way. And it took me forever to get down here. I had to do three checks up my nose. And uh, yeah, I finally made it through. Yeah. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Understand something, regardless of what's going on down here, God's channels are all working. All of the things that are with regard to God works and continue to work. In fact, praise God. God just looked after us in ways that were just miraculous. And he should have done that for you too. Not because I'm a priest or nothing. I'm just like you. Do you know that? Hang on a second. Let me, no, I won't. Okay. People are shocked. I was out in the shopping center with my short son. And you could see it on their face. Oh, what happened to you? Did you get mugged or something? Where are the rest of your clothes? Where's your jacket? Where's your tie? I'm like you. <gasps> a fall from grace. <laughs> he is no longer the fourth member of the Godhead. I never was. I mean, <laughs> never mind. I won't even go there. All right. <laughs> Listen, man. This stuff works for me because I just believe. I'm letting you know what I do, not because I have a special position or anything else. It's just as a child of God, which you are too. You have the right to all of these things. My job here is to let you know what you can do. Do you know when Jesus, remember in the boat when they were in a storm? Remember what happened? They came and said, don't you care? You can see, don't you care? Don't you care? Them little caring, little weepy eyes, you know? Jesus like, what is wrong with you? Gets up, rebukes the storm, and then rebukes them. Do you know why? Because he said, where's your faith? Do you know the only reason he could say that, he would have said that, was because they could have done something about it. He never, you know, walked around going, son of God here, son of God. Yes, hello, son of God. Bow, bow, kneel, son of God. Yes, you may touch the ring. Thank you very much. Don't slobber on it. Wasn't like that. He's looking at people and going, I'm here to teach you something. I'm not here to parade all this stuff, which is very sad that a lot of the... Be nice, be nice. I was going to say denominational, but you know, now I've said it, haven't I? Anyway, you know, they, they have this thing about, well, there's the priests and everything, and then there's you, and you know, there's this huge separation, and Jesus never, never wanted that separation. He came to take that separation away, which is why all the religious leaders started getting mad with him. Because he treated everybody the same. They were used to being all, you know, given the front seats and all just like, oh, we bow at you, you know, whatever. And he was like, who cares? Amen. My job here is the same thing. I need to get you to the place where you need to understand that you are God's child. That everything that Jesus Christ died belongs to you. Not the ministry, to you. My job is to let you know that. Your job is to do it. Amen. Your job is to go out there and be successful. 
Hallelujah. That's how the kings and priests are meant to work. I got three minutes. All right. <laughs> There's something else. So I've said here, notice that prayer cannot be vague generalities. Okay? According to Jesus, there must be definite, specific requests. Added to this, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, because we're talking about prayer right now. Let's go there very quickly, because you need to see this. You need to see this. This is the Apostle John, one of Jesus' disciples. He writes here in 1 John chapter 5, in verse 14, he says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. This is the confidence that we have in Him. That, look, if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So you need to know that whatever you ask needs to be according to His will. Why is that important? Because if you ask something outside of His will, understand something, anything that is... Now, let me tell you this in this way, okay? Anything that is outside of God's will will hurt you. Everything that won't hurt you is in His will. So you might have 20 different things you can ask for and one that you can't. In all the trees in the garden, there was only one tree God said don't eat. One, 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 one tree. I would have stayed away from that sucker. I mean, there's all the other trees. I would have built a fence around it and said do not enter. Don't go in there. This is, not a, this is a bad tree. <laughs> okay? And left the thing alone. I mean, be everywhere except there. Don't you think? It's the same way with God's will. Understand something that anything that is in His will will bless you, will help you. And it can be a variety of things. Don't think you've got to find the one thing, the one, one, one thing. There's one thing that He's saying yes to. And 20 He's saying no to. Party pooper. You know, just, no, it's not like that. <laughs> Everything that is good for you, He'll say yes to. If it's not good for you, if it's going to hurt you, he will say no. He has to because he doesn't want to be the reason for your downfall. Amen. Did you hear me? If Sarah says, oh, I really, 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 really want to put my hand on the stove when it's just, you know, we've been uh, cooking things on it and it's hot. Have you all touched it? You know, you try to clean it and you forget somebody cooked on it and you lift it up and <laughs> hello. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord is not what you say. All sorts of other colorful metaphors come out. <sighs> and your children say to you, if they only heard you say that, they would just walk away. What, a pre what kind of priest is No, I don't say any of those things. I don't. I'm just kidding. I'm playing with you, okay? My goodness. All right. <laughs> Listen, that's a bad thing. That is out of his will. So that's why the Apostle John is saying, listen, if you ask anything according to his will, it doesn't have to be one thing. It be a whole lot of things that are good for you. It's okay. Remember, there is his good, his acceptable, his perfect will. He is very varied. He goes, yeah, sure. That's an okay one. That's an acceptable one. That's perfect. You're going to love that one. <laughs> and then 20 years, you'll be still going, oh, thank you, God. Yeah, told you. That was a good one. All right, verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, in line with his will. Whatever we ask, that's not going to hurt us. Whatever we ask, that's not going to be a problem to us in the future. Whatever we ask, we know. We don't hope. We don't guess. We know. Say, I know. Oh, that's a strong statement. When you say, I know something, that, there's no way the devil can talk you out of it. I know what my name is. My name is Roche. 
and Roche has done this thing. No, okay? Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. You, there are things you know. Nobody can talk you out of it. You know. That's how much the Apostle John knew. If he prayed according to God's will, he knew God heard, and he knew God will answer, which is what he goes on to say. He says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have. We don't guess. We know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. This is how you get rid of your anxiety. This is how you get rid of your worry. When you know that it's on its way, what's the next thing that happens? If you truly believe God, let's take a minute now. All right, let's say you really believe God. Okay, you really believe God now. Put old doubting Thomas aside for a minute. He believed at the end, so you can't be like him all the time. All right, but let's say you really believed. What would be the next thing that you do? If, exactly. If you believe, you receive it. Remember, Jesus said, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So it's yours now. The moment you said amen, it's yours. What do you do when somebody gives you something? You just take away and walk off? That is rude. How rude? I'm not giving him anything again. <laughs> okay? No. Okay? You thank them. Which is why the Apostle Paul goes in to say, with thanksgiving. That lets the Lord know you've received it by faith. And it's just a matter of time before the thing manifests. But by faith, it is yours. Faith is the substance, the assurance of things hoped for. The evidence of those things we can't see yet. But that, that becomes your proof. Amen? So you're happy when they say, what about this? Oh, hallelujah, I have the answer. Where is it? It's on its way. Oh, you don't have it yet? It's on its way. When you order something online, it's on its way. Oh, you don't have it yet? Who cares? It's on its way. They sent me a text to say, we've shipped it. It's on its way. And you're like, like Miss Piggy. Mm, 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 mm. You can't wait till it gets to you. Because you know it's on its way. With Thanksgiving. I'm working hard here. Are you getting something? Okay. <laughs> I need you to get this, man. I've run out of time, haven't I? Thank you. That's why it says, be anxious for nothing in everything, or but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. You know, just say, thank you, Lord. I know you're hearing this. I know you are, you are not slow to act. Don't have a slow to act mentality, okay? With God, don't say, okay, I know you wait till the midnight hour before I give it to you. Don't do that, because he'll wait, because you set the boundaries. You set the terms. Don't do that. Amen? Just go... I know you can't wait to give it to me. I can't wait to get it. Let's meet in the middle. That works. Hallelujah. That's how, that's how it works for me. Because that's what I believe. That's what I receive. Amen. It's a good bus to be on. I've said your thanksgiving will always accompany the prayer of the believer who knows that what he or she prayed for is on its way. When that happens, the Apostle Paul says in the next verse, verse 7, here, here it is. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God. There is the solution to all your anxiety, the peace of God. Not just peace, the peace of God. That's God's peace comes on you. Ooh, that's powerful. When that peace comes on you, nothing, nothing can get in the way of it. 
it will be crushed and destroyed if it tries to get in the way. That's what you want. Amen? The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. There is no way you can even comprehend the thing. It goes beyond reason. That's when you go, I don't know why I'm happy. I'm just happy. Do you all know what's going on around you? I know, but I'm still happy. I just got peace. Wow. And that allows you to think. That allows you to pray. That allows you to exercise your faith. That allows you to not run around wringing your hands, going, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Amen. <laughs> okay? Don't do that. All right? He says, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Not just your heart, but your mind as well. That's where the worry is. So much of the time, it's in your mind. It starts then, it, it, it graduates to your heart. Then you've got a big problem. But this takes care of both of those things. Both your heart and your mind will be at peace. Amen? Amen? Through Jesus Christ. This is the same peace that was promised in John 14, 27 as we finish. This is, the, this is when Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. It's His peace. Well, isn't that incredible? I really need you to see the Lord looking at you and saying, My peace I give to you. My peace that peace that is powerful, that peace that is supernatural, I'm giving that to you. Would you receive it today? Because if you do, there goes your worry. There goes your anxiety. Amen? He says, not as the world gives do I give to you. And that's why I say, so let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your peace. I thank you, Father, for the promise of peace. And I thank you, Father, whoever has worry on their heart, on their mind, whoever has concerns, whoever has been carrying around the weight of the world, thank you that right now they just hand it all over to you. They're not going to become irresponsible. They are just going to turn their eyes from the problem to the solution. They're going to stop looking at how bad things are and begin to look how great you are, God. We sang today that you are mightier than so many things. You're mightier than everything. And we thank you that that's who we're looking to. A mighty God. Not a weak one, <laughs> but a mighty God who loves us. For God so loved. And we thank you that your might and your love is what lets us know that everything's going to be okay. That we can cast all of our care on you. And that you'll be able to do something about it. And that you will. Hallelujah. As long as we keep the door open with our faith. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.